Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, and back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. My oldest kid went and got a tattoo today. So that what? Was, oh, so my was God. Fun. So it was oh. fun. Yeah, she just went on her own. Yeah, she just jumped in the car, came back with a tattoo. It was fun. Okay, Dad, how do you feel about that? Well, we're all, the whole family's tatted up now, so what do I care? It's her body. She did what she wants to do with it, I okay. guess. Okay. Okay. I guess I like, I have tattoos. I, I love them personally, but if my son just like up and went and got a tattoo, this is weird, right? He's two, but I'm imagining in 20 years, if he just like up and went and got a tattoo, there's probably a part of me that would feel like your perfect little body. Yeah. Oh, look on the, on the scale of battles there are to fight in life. This didn't feel like the big one. The only part that was weird. She's, uh, I have this running joke. She's in the clowns. Like, okay. don't, don't even get me started. I think the whole house is haunted because of these clowns she has up in her bedroom. Because oh, occasionally, God. occasionally Bean will be in the living room and her bedroom is over the living room. And he'll just stare at the ceiling. Uh-uh. Just stare at the clown ghosts up there. Oh, and fuck. I'd, um, I'd be out of that house. Mm-mm. Yeah. Hey. So, so she comes down today. She's like, hey, I'm going to get a tattoo. I'm like, okay, great. What are you getting? She's like, a clown. I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. Now, you're, now your shoulder's going to be haunted. You know, it's like I, I won't even have to text her anymore. I can just message her with a Ouija board. It'll be ridiculous. She's in tune. She's so in tune. Does it look good? Does it look like, was it well done? Yeah, it looks great. It's, okay. It looks really cool. But, you know, still, it's like, all right, well, I guess you're haunted now. You're possessed. Well, well. What are you, you going to do? A lot to process for you in one day. Holy moly. So, <laughs> so much. And we're going to spend a lot of time talking about children tonight we have a good friend of the show justine lucini who i met a couple of years ago through ben so those that have listened to scale and bell will be familiar with dr justine who owns thursday who i've worked with for a while and helped me learn how to sleep properly so welcome oh, yeah. to the show thank you for having me i'm excited to hang out with you guys tonight and chat oh we got all kind of fun stuff to talk i ran into justine at at the games and you had some big news for me at the games yeah. we're going to talk about tonight, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I did. So I was, when I ran into you at the games, I was pregnant and I was just, just at the point where like we were starting to tell people. So you were one okay. of the that knew kind of outside of our close friends and family. As it should oh my be. my goodness, John. As it should be. I know. So exciting. Yeah, yeah I, re- I require everyone in CrossFit to tell me first. Annie Thor's daughter called me yesterday to let me know before she made her post. You know, just. <laughs> Always good, just... man. That's cute. Yeah. John is, was also <laughs> one of the first people I told when I was pregnant, for what it's worth. I don't know, John. Just feel like the kind of person that, like, I don't know. I just, but people just want to, like, give you their info. Sometimes people give you too much of their info. I feel hey, like. look. Here, as long as it's people I'm not in a relationship with, I'm great. That's, That's great. Funny. You know? Well, that's exciting. So you must have been exhausted at games. <laughs> I was so tired. It was it was one of those things where you'd always like booked the games well before I had gotten pregnant and I was so excited about it. But by the time it was time to go to the games, I was in that phase of pregnancy. Like I was at about nine weeks and I was so tired and so mm-hmm. i was just like there were moments where i would just go and sit down and just be like white uh, knuckling it through the days it was so much fun but it was also it was a lot for for where i was at man first trimester tired there is no thing there is no feeling on this planet like first trimester tired and i remember before i had my son i heard women talk about it and i was like bitch, I'm tired. Like I, I work, I've got to go to the gym. Like my life is busy. Like I know tired, like don't come at me. And then I got pregnant and I was like, oh, oh no. This is like, like someone pulled the plug and you're just like, I'm shutting down. Like you have no choice. I remember falling asleep, like in the front seat of the car being like, oh, oh, I'm sleeping now. Like, <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it your body just like it's like uh, we need to recover immediately sorry sorry about anything you had to do today yeah and there's nothing that prepares you for it like I totally mm-hmm. agree I think I thought okay yeah you're gonna be a bit more tired your body's doing some other stuff but I also thought it wouldn't be until I was much later on the pregnancy and a lot bigger that I was really exhausted so the fact that it hit like a train so early on I was like oh no like this is real 
you know, I don't want to pop either of your bubbles, but you're basically describing what happened when I turned 50. <laughs> Both Is of that you are. the same? Really? Pretty much. Pretty much. No, that means we got to do it again. Yes. Yeah. You'll have to do God, it again. That's some bullshit. Being a woman is some bullshit. That's <laughs> yeah. I did a whole pod. There's the next focus on female episode is all about training and menopause. So if that, if that struck a chord, be sure to tune in for that episode. Justine, is this your, is this your first pregnancy? It is. Well, okay. So technically not my first pregnancy. I actually, we got pregnant. That's, that's, that's a loaded question. Yes, go ahead. A bit, but I'm like, I'm pretty open to talk about it. Like we got pregnant last year and then I actually lost that pregnancy at around 12 weeks. So uh, not my first pregnancy, but it's, this is the most pregnant I've ever been. Hey. So, so that's good. One of my girlfriends who went through IVF, who had a really difficult time getting pregnant, she would always wake up and her mantra would be like, today I am pregnant. Today I am the furthest along that I've ever been. And that's kind of that's kind of how you have to take pregnancy literally day by day without looking too far into the future. Otherwise, that kind of stuff can feel really crushing. Yeah, it was it was wild going through it. And then I think especially when you're you're pretty healthy and you feel like you're kind of doing everything right. It it's more for me, it was almost like more of a surprise, like really had like I thought this happened to other people and and yeah yeah and then the number of people who came out of the woodwork like you know other women at the gym other men at the gym who were talking about their partners friends family members I was like oh my gosh it's almost every single woman I know has had everyone had a pregnancy loss while trying to get pregnant so yeah I think it's less talked about and it definitely made me feel like more normal about the whole thing good that's great Okay, but today you are the most pregnant you've ever been. So give us the details on on what's going on with with this pregnancy, when you're due, all the all the things, and then I am just made of questions about kind of like what you're doing with your training and what you're doing with your business and all that stuff because it's I don't know. I love hearing other people's stories as they're going through this because it like you said, there's some stuff that we kind of never talk about and there's some stuff that we talk about over and over, but I want to hear all the amazing stories as much as I possibly can. So start with the details on what you're going through at the moment. Awesome. So right now I'm going through, I think, like the the real honeymoon phase of pregnancy. Uh, yes. 22 weeks. I have great energy. I can go to the gym again. Um, I have a definitive bump, which is also, I'm sure you can relate to, kind of the amazing part where like at first when you're like both not feeling great and you're just kind of thicker than normal, huh? you just... It's just uncomfortable and you're like, and it's awkward. And now that I definitely look pregnant and like have a bump, but I also feel a lot more myself and have a lot more energy. I think I'm actually really enjoying it. And yeah, I can feel the baby move sometimes now, which is a whole crazy wild experience. Like just, yeah, it's like there's a, there's a thing in there (laughs) and it's doing independently of me. It's very strange but also super wonderful so that's where i'm at now it's really funny in the beginning i feel like it takes a while to show and you're kind of annoyed because you're so excited like i'm pregnant i'm fucking pregnant like there's a human in here why do i just look like i went on a bender like kind of just let myself go a little bit for the last couple months or whatever like you're like no really i want the world to kind of know that like we're doing this right now yeah it takes Truly, I remember being at my anatomy scan, which about 20 weeks, about halfway through pregnancy, still in my like regular clothes, being like, when do I get to wear the cute, stretchy maternity jeans? And I was pissed. <laughs> I have been out of regular clothes for a little while. But yeah, when I was buying like pants extenders on Amazon because I wanted to st- <laughs> ready for maternity pants, yet, I was like, oh gosh, this feels like in any other circumstance, I'd be feeling not great about myself. Yeah. Oh, yes. The pants extender shopping. John, you must know all about that, too, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> Not just us. Yeah. Well, you know, it's been a rough couple of months since the game. So, yeah, I know all about them. <laughs> pants, the pants extender shopping post-game slump. Yeah, yes. it happens to all of us. Do you know the gender? No. Ooh. What? We decided, my husband and I decided that we're not going to find out. What? I know. What? I know. How? I don't know. Um, so at first we were like, we're definitely going to find out. We're both pretty type A. We both like to plan. And then 
We were talking to someone who had recently had a baby, a friend of ours, who they didn't find out. And they were so, they said that moment when you have the baby and then it's like, it's a girl or it's a boy. It's just so joyous. And that there's so few things in life that happen now that are like really amazing, awesome surprises that aren't like terrible surprises, like COVID or or something, but they're like, they said it's actually like kind of a really nice gift to give yourself. And ultimately, it's going to be a surprise either way. Like if we found out now, it would be a surprise. But we just decided we'll wait until the baby actually comes to be surprised. John, did you find out with your kids? Oh, yeah. Time? Yeah, we knew for both. We had rooms mm-hmm. rooms fully done. One was bright pink. Yeah, of course. Meg's room was green. We did mirrors in pink. Meg's was green, if I remember right. And my ex is a interior designer, so we were like way, mm. over, way over the top of what these rooms looked like. So, but yeah, it it, it doesn't matter. Like once they come, they kind of decide who they're going to be anyway. You know? Yeah. Like as Meg got older, she was all into boy stuff. So we quickly transitioned from girly toys to dinosaurs and trains at some point, you know? Just, For sure. Just how it works. I'll tell you what, my husband had that same argument. Like, like there are no surprises left in this world. It is the greatest surprise you could ever give yourself. And I was like, yeah, fuck that noise. I was like, you don't have to find out if you don't want to. But homegirl is finding out. And it truly, I'm super type A, in case you couldn't tell. But it was very, it was less about the planning part for me. Because we could have done a full on gender neutral. And we kind of did anyway. We knew we were having a boy, but it was still all like grays and neutrals and whatever. I didn't care about the nursery. I just, I needed to feel some kind of connection with what was happening inside of my body. And that was one way mentally for me to do that, to like have a greater, there was so much unknown that having a little bit more understanding made me feel a little bit more comfortable as I was going through it. That makes sense. I also yeah. love this, and this is maybe going to sound a little nuts, like this is probably just like a me kind of woo-woo thing, but so I think definitely feeling the baby moving around now has made me feel so much more connected to it. And like, it's actually real. So, you know, when you're dating, I, so before I met my husband, I was doing like the online dating thing. And I was very like, I want, I don't want to talk to somebody for a long period of time in this app or whatever. I just want to meet them because yeah. my feeling was always like you build up who this person's going to be in your head and whether they're great or not great they're going to be different than who you think they they're going to be and you'll always be a little bit disappointed so that was why i always wanted to meet the person right away because i didn't want to have too much of a preconceived notion of who they were going to be i wanted to just be curious and let them unfold in front of me and i think that's the other thing for me about not finding out the gender is that it's so easy and sometimes i'll like think about like who this little person's going to be and to have expectations of like oh, they're going to be really smart or they're going to be great at sports or they're better come out with abs or I'm sending them back. Like, you know, all the things that you hope for your children. And so I think also not knowing is limiting how much I can actually start to play out the story of who this kid is in my brain so that hopefully I'm just like more curious and let them become who they want to be instead of voicing my ideas of who they should be on them. So that's that's been my other reasoning. That's really beautiful. I love that perspective because we do like as as kind of like forward thinking as we possibly can be we do have deep-seated biases in all of our minds whether they be gender-based or or otherwise and so it's kind of impossible not to be like oh I have a little girl I wonder what she could be when she grows up and kind of like default to some of that kind of stuff or like I wonder how we're going to do the nursery should it be all pinks or should it be all blues or should it be all whatever and not having that definitely adds a really interesting layer to just kind of like letting the moment unfold. It's hard. It gets harder after they arrive to do what you're describing, by the way. It's very easy, very easy as a parent to want to put your own likes and dislikes on them. And when they don't like what you like, you're like, what is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. You know? And then when they, and when they do like what you like, you feel so proud of yourself. Like you've done something. (laughs) when in reality you haven't they just happen to like it yeah i'm having one of those my son likes what i hate moments right now because i'm like i'm a chicken shit right like i don't do scary movies i don't do like halloweeny haunted housey type stuff my kid is two i thought it would all be terrifying to him 
he is obsessed with everything scary Halloween. Obsessed. Nothing scares him. He loves like, you know, when people like set up big displays in their front lawns and stuff, like we have a couple people around us that go ham for Halloween. And they set up like the scariest like skeletons and friggin' Grim Reapers and half a head over here. And he's obsessed. He wants to drive by them. He wants to go outside. He wants to touch them. He calls skeletons spooky ones. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, oh, spooky ones. I want to go see spooky ones. He's like. And I was like, are you not terrified? It's like a severed hand. Is it totally fine? And he's like, ha Witch. <laughs> Spooky witch. Does your, does your witch. husband into that kind of stuff? Yeah, loves it. And for the last decade, he has had no one to watch scary movies with at home. So now I'm like, well, at least you guys can watch terrifying things together. Enjoy your nightmares. I'm all set. Love it. Hunter and Matt watching The Exorcist tonight. It's going to be fantastic. Basically, he'd be yeah. into it. We watched... We watched, let him watch Nightmare Before Christmas the other night. And I don't know when the last time you guys have seen it, but well, it's I've, actually kind of freaky. It's amazing. I've seen it like a thousand times. Yes, so. it's wonderful. It's a cult classic, but like I hadn't seen it in ages. And I was like, oh, dang, like these animations are actually maybe a little bit creepy for my two-year-old. Nah, loved it. Loved it. Yeah, it is a little creepy. Like their face, yeah. all the stitching and everything. Yeah. And like the mare's like, like angry face is kind of like, eh. he didn't care. I loved it. I so understand. good. So how are you keeping up with, you know, we met through Thirdsy, which is booming, best I can tell, because I keep seeing everybody post about it. How are you keeping up with all that and trying to make it through this first trimester? Um, it's so the first the first trimester was pretty rough. Like June, July, August were just kind of doing what I could do. And I think that's, you know can be frustrating when you're used to being able to do a lot there were certainly some days where it was just like me and my laptop working from bed mm-hmm. fortunately i have a really great team as well who's been who have been super supportive and who have all you know picked up at times where i just like needed to do a little bit less now that i'm kind of past the worst of it you know like once i got past about 14 15 weeks it got a lot easier but there was a, a few months in there where it was, and I I'm I feel really, really fortunate actually that I have a business where I get to work from home. So if I need to work from bed, that can that can happen. And I frequently had thoughts of like, how do other people do this? Like I yeah. was trained as a chiropractor and I practiced, you know, full clinical practice for seven years. And I don't know that I could have done that kind of work. Like, I was just like, I, I don't think I could have. I think I would have had to just like take some time away, take some leave and just not work during that period because I was so tired and nauseous and like all the other things that kind of come along with that part of the pregnancy. So I have so much respect for people who work or women who work outside of the homes while they're going through that first trimester because it's a it's a lot. Yeah, you missed a really big advertising opportunity of just filming yourself sleeping this whole time. <laughs> like, this is how effective Thirdsy is. This sleep yeah. supplement knocks me out daily. And there you are just snoring. Yeah. yeah. And I certainly have slept a lot, a lot more. Like 10, 10 hours would probably be about my average over the last few months. Dang. Yeah. Like, I go to bed. This is past my bedtime also. Like... <sighs> I, I got that when you got to what we were doing this, I was like, all right, I can, I can stay up that late. Um, you got this. Yeah. Normally I go to bed around 8 30, 9 o'clock, and I sleep until about 7, which has made it a little more challenging with my training too, because I used to be like a 6 a.m. or a 7 a.m. class person. So I found like getting to the gym, I was, you know, also then like, pushing that a little bit later in the day, which then pushes the start of your work day a little bit later. So it's all been a big adjustment. And I sp- spent a lot of time like having this internal dialogue of like, well, you're not not pregnant, right? Because there's a lot of me that is like, oh, but I used to be able to do this or normally I'd be able to do this. And it's like, yeah, but this isn't your manual. Like this isn't That's you right. not being pregnant. This is you pregnant. So figure out what that looks like. That is a mental adjustment that is really difficult, I think, 
during during pregnancy, especially when you are of a CrossFit mindset or of a training mindset similar to what we all do, because at least I felt like it was a consistent it was consistent work to balance out that like, okay, like you're pregnant, give yourself some grace. And the like, why can't I do this? It's it's almost like frustrating. And so you're right, like from a work perspective, it's like, how come I can't do all these things that I did when I wasn't so tired? Like that sucks. And also when you're training or or even trying to get to training, why can't I get to this training? Like, why was I sleeping? Why am I always so tired? Or like you're in training and you're like, why does 65 pounds suddenly feel like 125 pounds? It's really annoying. Like, why can't I just do the things that mentally I want to do and physically I can't. How are you dealing with that battle? Yeah, that's been so challenging. The the feeling where like your brain thinks that you're like, you're like, you have this idea of who your identity is, what, you know, at the gym, at home, at work of like what you think you have the capacity for. And then you like are constantly running up against the reality of what actually is possible yeah. like today or from your body today. So. I've been trying to just like be okay with it. And I and I'm not saying that I'm always okay with it. Um, I've definitely gotten frustrated. I've definitely, you know, had some tears. I think particularly even beyond the, you know, all of a sudden something that would normally like be my heart rate's a little bit elevated and I'm getting warm and now my heart rate's a million, right? So there's that and getting used to like what your max effort is <laughs> relative mm-hmm. to the day to day. But I also think like the recovery piece, like I used to be able to go to like non-pregnant Justine could consistently train Monday to Friday if I wanted to every, you know, every day in a row, maybe go in and do a partner water on the weekends. And as long as I was, get, you know, keeping my sleep routine and eating well, like my recovery was always kind of good enough to keep up with that. And I feel like now I actually almost always have to take a day off in between or I just start to get run down really fast. Mm-hmm. it's yeah, so- hard it's hard getting there and recognizing that and being like oh oh this is what I have to do like there's always a little a little bit of in between time where you're like why am I falling asleep at 3 p.m it doesn't make sense oh I trained three days in a row got it got it got it rewind let's not do that again yeah and it's um funny and, and I think this applies for like pregnancy but I think it just applies for like bodies in general you never really know you're overdoing it until you've overdone it. Mm. Those days where, oh, you know, this feels great at the gym today. I'm just going to like keep pushing my pace a little bit. And then I'm driving home and I'm like, well, I'm going to be lying on the couch for 45 minutes when I get home. Mistakes. <laughs> Mistakes have been made. But in the moment, that whole like listen to your body, I don't know. There's a oh, it's, it's it's a trap really because sometimes your body tells you to keep going. And then you do it and then you hit the wall and you're like, well, yeah, yes, I, I have today. I have big feelings about the like, quote unquote, listen to your body message, because that is sort of like the generic thing that people tell women and even like OBs and nurses and whatever tell women like, just listen to your body. Your body will tell you when you need to pull back. And I, I've said this ad nauseum on the show, like I had a lot of frustrations about when I was pregnant, how I couldn't get really great like workout advice from my medical professionals. I know that there are plenty of people who give really great pregnancy workout advice, but I was like, I don't want to Google people. I don't want a fitness influencer. I don't want to find someone on Instagram. I want my doctor to help me figure out how to work out consistently. And my doctor's practice was like, women pregnant shouldn't lift more than 25 pounds. And I was like, I hate you, all of you. It doesn't make <laughs> sense. So I, I hated the listen to your body mantra because I was like, for a decade plus, I have trained my brain to stop listening to my body. That is what we do at CrossFit. We reach our max, we redline, and then we learn how to keep going. When you cannot do a single more rep, do one more rep. I'm like, I can't listen to my body. My body has, my my brain has throttled my body and vice versa. Like there's no syntax happening there. So that advice does not work for me. And I just, I hate that we spend so long training this mentality in a way that is amazing for ourselves and our bodies and our minds and then all of a sudden we're just expected to be like you're fine just just you know just don't listen to it anymore like I don't know how I don't know how I can agree with you more it's so interesting right like we this thing like 
even, you know, going back to what you're talking about with like managing work and that kind of stuff is like, I think half the time, just like the mental game of not seeking comfort, not seeking to kill yourself, but like not seeking comfort is actually the path through, right? Like being like, you know what? I'm tired, but that's okay. I can do this while I'm tired. Mm -hmm. That's like the thing that like frequently gets through. And that's even like, you know, I have two stepdaughters and we talk to them a lot about that, right? If they're like, I'm bored, right? They're doing their homework. I'm bored or I'm tired or I'm hungry. It's like, that's okay. You can be that and you can still do your homework and then you can finish it and then you can do something else. And training ourselves to like not be constantly seeking comfort. Because like, realistically, if you just listen to your body, your body's kind of hedonistic. Your body doesn't always lead you in the right direction. And in pregnancy, especially, you know, listening to your body might mean not moving at all, might be eating like Oreos and Doritos and things that are terrible for you and give you no nutrients and actually like, you know, mess with your blood sugar and make you gain more weight and give you further complications later on, right? Because our biological signals are not great indicators of what's actually good for us a lot of the time, right? Because when yeah. we sweet, for instance, modern world, sweet could mean anything from a soda to an Oreo to a cake to, you know, actual healthy food like fruit, <laughs> which right. like, you know, a few hundred years ago might have been our only source of sweet was like fruit and honey. So like, I totally agree. This idea of listening to our bodies is like, well, we're kind of not very good at decoding what those messages actually are to be something that's good and productive for us and to like lead us to the places we want to go. Yeah, it's interesting what you guys are describing. And the more, I think the more I do these shows with Nikki around pregnancy and postpartum and, and all of that it is really similar to the needs of master's athletes. Like you guys are describing mm -hmm. like these changes in your body that just kind of all of a sudden sneak up on you. You're like, I used to be able to do this. Now I can't do this. How do I emotionally handle it? And maybe I'm pregnant because this is what I feel like I'm going through on a daily basis. You know, it's like as you age, you have all these same issues and, and trying to fight through that and figuring out how do I navigate this new system, this new season of my life to move on to the next one. Hundred yeah. percent. It is so similar, John, in a lot of ways, especially because as you age, you have a lot of hormonal shifts. And a lot of what we deal with during pregnancy is also like hormonally based. I mean, a lot of it is physical. You just right. end up waddling in your center of gravity changes and your pelvis is never the same. But other than that, the rest of it is mainly hormonal. And those hormonal changes can make you, oh man, they can make you feel all sorts of ways from like quite having quite literal cravings and feelings and thoughts to just general emotions and general I mean that 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 in and of itself makes it more difficult to deal with why can't I do what I could do yesterday like I have this physical change and now I have this hormonal and emotional mess kind of happening in my head that isn't allowing me to see it logically and be like oh it's because I'm older or because I'm less recovered today NBD those hormones and emotions are like, your life is over. Right. And there's, you know, and there's, there's almost no way to battle that when it is quite literally like a chemical change that's happening in your brain. It's not you. It's not fair to just be like, get over right. it. You're fine. Like you can't because it's, it's happening to you. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have a lot of frustration around that too, right? Like Outside of pregnancy, I spend a ton of my time in the sleep world and mm -hmm. a lot of our customers are master's athletes who have that exact thing. You know, they used to sleep great. They used to just be a part of their life. They didn't have to think about it. took care of itself. They laid down, they closed their eyes. That was it. They woke up in the morning, they were fine. And then all of a sudden, you know, one day or one night that stops being the case. And I think a lot of times when we go through the changes, whether they're changes that related to aging or we have an injury or they're hormonal, like whatever it is related to, we feel like it shouldn't be happening to us. You know, you almost feel like your body has betrayed you. And there's this period of like deep frustration as you're trying to unravel it. Like if I could just fix myself, then I would be fine. And, you know, ultimately I think there ends up being a point in time where you realize that there isn't a regression back to being 22. Right. There isn't like a there isn't a fix insofar as you're ever going to be the person that you were before. There can still be like a good, healthy path forward, but you're 
basically like need to be working with what you got and then figure out how to support that as you move forward to get to, you know, the, the best version of whatever that is. And I think that applies whether it's as a master's athlete or a pregnant woman, right? Like I could just hate the fact that my body doesn't do what it's doing now, or I could try to enjoy the season and just recognize like, this is just what's happening in my life right now. And there's a healthy version of this that doesn't have to be me being, you know, 27 and deadlifting 300 pounds and able to go hard at the gym every day. Yeah. If you want to regress to 22, you can just start a meme page at 50 like I did. (laughs) (laughs) That works. That totally works. You know, the other thing that's really different here is like for master's athletes, we have this gradual decline that happens over Mm. time. And I'm starting to reach that point now where I'm starting to notice it. Like I didn't notice it for a number of years, but now I'm starting to like, Mm -hmm. it'll work out today. I'm like, I should have been faster in that third round. And I don't think it was a mistake on my part. I think I'm just old, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it just just happens. Yeah. But what, what you're dealing with and, uh, you know, and obviously women that are pregnant, it's like, you have this quick change and, you know, I would describe, you need to correct me if I'm wrong, because obviously I've never been pregnant, but it. You've got this quick change that kind of wrecks your body. And then there's the wild card of how, you know, you'll come back, but how will you come back? Will you come back completely different? Will you bounce back? You know, it's different for every woman. Some come back faster, stronger. You know, you see the Tia Claire Toomey's of the world, for instance, mm-hmm. that come back and you're like, did, did she have a kid? Because she doesn't look like it. And then you see others that take years to recover. You know, yeah. how do you, how do you go into this? mentally preparing yourself for that for either outcome that's a that's a really good question yeah it, it's so interesting seeing like the tias and the annie thor's daughters and even outside of crossfit you know i remember like honey Klum had a baby and like three mm-hmm. weeks later to like walk the victorious fashion right. <laughs> oh, you're like what and then i think a lot of women feel frustrated by that because it's like well it's setting these unrealistic expectations of what you you know what we should be capable of but i think baseline going in matters a lot right like tia's baseline going into her pregnancy was way higher right standpoint than my baseline was so i you know if i'm not going to compare myself like apples to apples with tia pre-pregnancy i don't think it's fair for me to compare myself apples to apples with tia post-pregnancy i also think there's a little bit of at least my own personal mental talk track is recognizing that I'm never going to go, I'm never going to have my pre-pregnancy body back, but I could definitely be like strong, healthy, and fit post-pregnancy and shooting for what that looks like, I think is less mentally like mental fuckery than, than mm-hmm, right. that I could like get back to this state. And, and some people really do like, I think, and maybe maybe they don't feel like they ever feel, function, look like they did pre-pregnancy, but outwardly, there are certainly a lot of people who like post-baby are like, wow, yeah, they definitely don't even look like they ever had a baby. But I think there are some changes that never really go bad. I don't know, Nikki, I'm not on the other side, Joe. What, what was it like for you? Yeah, some things never, never go back, like the position of your pelvis. So fun. You'll find a new squat stance and it will become even better and stronger than your pre-baby squat stance. Uh, And then if you have a second or third kid someday, it'll change uh, two or three more times. But I think the best way at it truly is to have zero expectations of what you will look like or feel like post-baby. And to give yourself no very, no specific timeline. I remember one time when I was pregnant, I asked my husband for real, and he's a medical professional. So I was like, you know, you're a smart guy. What do you think? How long until I'm back to the performance and the physique that I had pre-baby? And he was like, honestly, probably like a year. And I didn't want to hear that because I was like, this is a really long time. But the first year flies so fast and you spend so much time just worrying about yourself and your baby and how to how to survive and how to learn all the new things that it's like actually a, quite a realistic expectation so i just think like you give yourself no expectations and no specific timeline so that you don't <laughs> you don't hear a year and then feel weird about it for whatever reason you're like whatever time it takes it takes and you tell yourself that whatever 
whatever goal you want postpartum, you can achieve. With no expectations and no timeline, whatever goal you want, you will 100% be able to achieve. If that is an aesthetic goal, if that is a performance goal, if it's numbers that you hit pre-baby or if it's a size that you were pre-baby, I don't judge. Whatever goal you want to set for yourself, you 100% can hit. You just can't give yourself any like immediate expectations or timeline to get there. You just have to see how you feel and you just have to know that that goal is always going to be attainable within a reasonable amount of time based on what you go through in birth and what your you know first few months are like postpartum. I, do, I do think it's important for people to talk about it more. Yeah. You know, Nikki and I have talked about this on the show before, but I think it's part of why we do so many shows around pregnancy and, and, you know, we've got the focus on female series where we spend a lot of time talking about postpartum journeys and training and, and what have you. And it's important because all people's eyes gravitate to the Tia's of the world. And this is no disrespect to her. She's amazing. And we love Tia and her journey's beautiful, but there are millions of women that struggle through this mm -hmm. and, and they're not posting that on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and whatever. And so People see Tia and they're like, okay, well, that's how it should be. And when their journey isn't like that, they're like, why am I broken? <laughs> you know, and I, I would just, I would love to see more people talking about it, posting about it. So people would realize like this is a very normal journey for people mm -hmm. when you have your baby and all of a sudden you're knee deep in postpartum depression, as an example, or just, you know, the pain aspect and the recovery and, and everything else. It's just super important. There's like a, a, niche of TikTok or Instagram reels or whatever. I don't even know how you fall into whatever algorithm you fall into, but there's definitely like a corner of social media that is really vocal about postpartum journeys. And I definitely like was in it when I was pregnant and then also postpartum. And I, I think the danger of the flip side of all of that is like, I saw so many reels about like, post a moment when you were at your absolute lowest, but nobody knew because you were faking it. Like those kinds of like trending audios and trending whatever that I kept seeing. And I was like, oh my God, am I going to have this baby and then like hate my life? Like it's also, it's also, it can go so far in the opposite direction where we're talking about it, but like in a not genuine way, in like a trending audio way, that's not actually getting to the crux of the issue that you're kind of talking about, John, which is like, we really need to address it as what it is and let women know that they're like not alone but not in like an aesthetic social media way in like a real connection kind of a way you know well let's be honest nikki you're hitting that algorithm because you're also looking at baby clothes and whatever and 100 percent. It, it's yeah. all it's all rolling through i made the mistake the other day on instagram of stopping for a reel that was some pastor was given some uh -oh. and, and it was interesting mm. like i caught it for a second i'm like oh, that's an interesting topic and so i watched it It was like a minute and a half long and next thing i know i've got nothing but bible verses and instagram all day long and i'm like i just i just need some fitness yep. and some booty pics that's all i'm church looking for right here. you're Come in on. church gram now oh, it that's terrible. it it's all it was, you got you gotta I, go like some like titty pics or something I did real I, quick just to I, get back into the i looked up some very questionable hashtags to get it out of my system <laughs> and uh, it was fine so but but yeah, they Perfect. just all one after the other just started coming mm -hmm. in. I'm like, this is, oh man, this is the worst. This is they were like, the algorithm was like, we got you. I will the Bible say this Bible Belt was like, he's here. If, if you ever want to feel better about all the infighting that goes on within the CrossFit Instagram space, go to some church pages and read their comment section. Oh my Lord. It's the best. Like they is absolutely the best. No one fights more than, than church people. No one. It's the best. Dang. Yeah, go check it out. It's really fun. It's really fun watching people argue and finish every sentence with I'll pray for you. It's the best. Oh my God. It's like it's like the most passive aggressive comment you could make. You're my love in Christ. I will pray for you, my brother. Re <laughs> repent. Like that's what it's like. It's just it's it is absolutely the absolute best. I really Do encourage they respond. Do they respond like, listen, asshole, you suck, but I'll no. pray for you. No, there are some, this is way off topic, but there's also Sorry. some, there's also some Christian meme pages out there that are pretty funny. And it's the same thing because, you know, like, I mean, I know meme pages, obviously, like if you're doing satire, right, you're going to ruffle some feathers, right? It's just that simple. And actually you don't even have to like try. Someone's going to get pissed off. 
And man, but on those pages, it's the best because they don't just unfollow. They hit you with like six Bible verses and a couple of prayers on the way out the door. It's it's so funny. So funny. I know. Sorry, Justine, we're way off topic at this, this point. Happens. This happens. This happens. Well, for me, I have none of this in my algorithm. So I'm like, do I go down this road? Is this what I want to say for the next few weeks? <laughs> I I do sometimes just because I, like there's, you know, I get trolled a lot and, you know, people say mean things and whatever. And I got to get out of my system. So I just have to remind myself that other communities fight just like us, you know, mm-hmm. and truly all of them. Like you can find this in any any tight community you know nascar would be one college football oh my god like you know look at some college football memes you want to see people argue over absolutely nothing you know who doesn't fight the knitting community are you sure yeah i'm in a lot of knitting things i'm very bad at knitting but i enjoy it a lot i'm terrible is there is there a big online knitting community that i don't know i don't know i'm like half in that algorithm i'll get like fitness stuff lots of mom stuff and then like a like a purling pattern Mm. so i'm i'm fringe but i haven't seen any drama i'd like to connect you with megan my youngest daughter's excellent at knitting she knitted a little hat for a cat she got a cat in college and this year so she has a kitten in her i don't know the house she's running and she knitted him a little hat and his little ears stick out the ear holes. It's like the cutest thing you've ever seen. I'll send you the photo. It's absolutely the best. Oh my God, I'm sure she's better than I am. I love knitting, but I have to like, I can't, you know, people just do it while they like watch TV or whatever. I can't, I have to stare at my needles and count my stitches. And so after a while I go cross-eyed. Well, I've never tried. So I'm going to take your word for it. All right, let's All right. get back. Let's get back on. Yeah, let's. Oh. Are in a way where from where we needed to be. So, Justine, I I would like to know when it comes to, I mean, your brand is a supplement, right? Is a sleep aid. Yeah. And I feel like the supplement world can be scary because there are not a ton of regulations out there. And so, when you're pregnant, especially, and you're trying to figure out what can I take, what can I not take, how do you approach kind of like being at the helm of a brand that develops a supplement? when you are at a period of your life where you have to question what you put in your body? Oh, that's a really good question. Yeah. You know, earlier when you were saying that like your healthcare provider, he like has no information to give you about working out. Yeah. Your healthcare provider will also have a zero information to give you about taking literally anything that isn't like Tylenol. Right. It's like, it's always the, the, the recommendation is always just like, don't. Right? Don't. So, exactly. Nothing is safe. And it is really challenging because there it's considered unethical to do research on pregnant women and Correct. nursing women. But then because it's considered unethical to do the research, then we have no research to say, well, what could actually be helpful? Right. And so right. like speaking of hormones and hormonal changes, tons of pregnant women have issues with sleep. Tons of women who are breastfeeding really wish they could be getting better quality sleep when they get the opportunity to sleep. And so we do, like I have had tons of people reach out and be like, okay, can I, is this something that's safe to take during pregnancy? And the answer is, I have to say no, right? right. The answer is actually like, I have to say no, like legally I have to say no. Um, and even when you look at the literature, if you look at like the individual ingredients that are in our product, the collagen, and the magnesium are actually probably like quite beneficial during pregnancy. There is a bit of research there to show that like those are things that would probably actually be really good for you. But the alcinine and the GABA, there's virtually nothing, like virtually zero. I've plumbed the depths of the internet and all of the scientific journals and resources that I would typically, you know, go through PubMed, National Health Institute, examine.com, like everybody, and nobody has an answer except not recommended because there's not enough information and so there's theory there and like interestingly I know several women who have reached out to me to say that their doctors have actually recommended GABA to them for postpartum depression oh interesting and in there's a lot of like theory why that would make sense right because with postpartum you know your hormones are not recovering and your hormones have a big effect on your neurotransmitters right your hormones and your neurotransmitters they kind of play together and they have some crossover functions right so think of like melatonin as a hormone melatonin helps cue up when you fall asleep 
And one of the things that helps to queue up is the appropriate levels of different neurotransmitters. So like these two systems play a lot together. And so with postpartum depression, you know, you can have things like your hormonal environment affects your serotonin, your dopamine, your melatonin, your GABA. And so when those things are all out of whack, they're not playing together, you can either feel overly anxious and unable to wind down, which should typically point to problems with GABA, but also elevated levels of these excitatory neurotransmitters like serotonin, dopamine, acetylcholine. And the way to help to balance some of those things out is actually like your primary way of doing that naturally is GABA. So there's theory around why some of these things could and should be super helpful, but we don't have enough evidence to prove that it is, or even to say conclusively that it's like absolutely safe. So it's like people are doing it. People are using these things and finding benefit from it, but it's really kind of a user beware, buyer beware journey because there's not enough information that anybody in any healthcare profession or setting is going to be able to tell you like, this is a great idea. Yeah. And everyone to save their own butts and to just be as safe as possible has to say no to everything. There's just, that has to be the baseline. That's tough. Yeah. Have you decided like personally to take some as you're pregnant or as your pregnancy continues? So I didn't during first trimester. The first trimester, I was genuinely just like more, more nervous, more scared, more didn't want to mess with anything, make anything, do anything that could possibly have any kind of effect, you know, and I think a lot of people during the first trimester feel that way. But now that I'm kind of overcome, I feel like the upside to me getting really good quality rest while I'm sleeping and taking some things that I know to be supportive of like quality sleep pathways in my brain and even some of these like neurotransmitters that are really important to stay in balance over time. I decided that that was something that I wanted and I felt like not sleeping well and being more stressed and overwhelmed was probably a worse outcome for me than kind of supporting those pathways. So I have actually been using my own product and so far it's been going well for me. And so, but again, I can't, everyone has to make the decision for themselves, like what they feel comfortable doing. And when I wasn't using my actual like third Z, like my actual staff, which has like, as some people like collagen, magnesium, GABA and L-theanine, I actually was buying a separate just collagen and magnesium and then taking before bed because I was like, okay, of the stuff in there, like these two are probably really safe and really helpful. And then I was, so I was doing that actually through the first trimester even and continue to get more, like I still take collagen and more magnesium during the day as well, just because there's stuff that you don't get enough of in kind of everyday diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That I can relate fully. Uh, my sleep was crap when I was pregnant. Just the hormones kept me up all night. And then eventually the kicking would keep me up. It was like a dance party at 3 a.m. So silly. And so my husband, who's a pharmacist, who's like really nerdy about all this stuff, gave developed for me a stack, which was like like the most amount of omega-3s and some collagen, but like derived from like beef liver. I was taking like beef liver capsules and magnesium every night, which I took through nursing as well. Mm-hmm. And magnesium doesn't transfer through breast milk. And my my kid has never been a great sleeper, but right around 18 months, we were realizing like, dang, like when he's up in the middle of the night, all he does is kick his legs. Like that's mm-hmm. all he does all night long. And my husband has wicked restless legs, like horrible. And he could watch him on the monitor and be like, I swear he has restless legs. Like I know that's what he's going through because I have it and I feel it and I know that's what's happening. And so we ended up buying him magnesium powder for kids and we mix that into his milk at night too. And that helps him sleep so much. It also makes his milk kind of sweet. So he's like into it. Loves it. Yeah. yeah. Magnesium is actually really good too. Your body can absorb magnesium through your skin. So a lot of people like that. Yeah. So I actually have a magnesium spray too that I'll spray on like after the shower or whatever. Just because I'm a little, maybe I'm a little nuts that way. But 
I think for kids and stuff too, it can be really good if they won't eat it or whatever. You can get, you can get sprays that can be helpful. Yeah. I've saw, I saw a magnesium spray that you can put on their feet at night too, which he drinks the powder just fine. He doesn't seem to care, but that's really interesting. Yeah. It's like our kids with the, with their teeth, they look fine over it. (laughs) We give them little left scoops, especially if they've come home from their activities and they're super jazzed up. Yeah. Jazzed up. And it's like, okay, we need to. They need to wind down, so we'll give them like little half scoops, and they love. It. They think it's Kool Aid. Justine, how old are your stepkids? They are nine and ten. Oh, are they so excited to be big siblings? They are. Yeah, they're so they're sisters, so two girls, and they're really hoping for a little brother. They and, are. Yeah, they're so cute, and they're they're quite excited. That's fun. That's quite an age gap between them and the baby. Yeah. And at first I was a, a bit worried about it. Like I was like, it's too bad, especially for the next baby, because really we're only planning to have the one. But I think there's some real benefits to it as well. Like there won't maybe feel like there's a lot of competitiveness between them. They'll be old enough to be helpful, maybe even. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's some upsides too to there being a big gap there. Oh my God. Huge. I've almost 10 years between my brother and I, and we are the closest that siblings can be. When I was born, my, my, he asked for me, right? So he was like asking my mom, I want, I want a baby sister. No, but like for real, give me a baby sister. My mom did not find out the gender, which it was a little bit different back then too. Like there weren't as many resources to find out as easily, but she was getting worried by the end of her pregnancy being like, you know, could be a little brother. And he was like, nah. baby sister I want a baby sister but when I was born I was like his baby and he changed my diapers and he was my like forever babysitter and it was like we've always been I like a like a large age gap I think it's a underrated at times oh that's sweet I'm so close in age I have there's three of us within a year like each within a year of each other in your family oh god we're busy and so I've only ever known that like really close age gap. And they when you're that close, there's a lot of competitiveness. You're trying to kind of like wrestle for the space that you can have in the world amongst your siblings. So while we got along really well in some ways, we also fought a lot growing up. And I think having the bigger age gap is probably really a lot more peaceful that way. Cause it's not like your 10 year old is gonna pick a fight with your with your infant. No. Your 10 year old is just not going to want to babysit at some point when they're like 16 or 17 and you're going to be like, tough. That's what's happening. (laughs) It's amazing what you can get 16 and 17 year olds to do for money and the little bit of freedom. You can do almost anything. So (laughs) yeah, it's absolutely true. Well, that, no, that'll be great having, and you will have teenagers. I mean, by the time. At least it was my experience. Most parents, you know, they don't want to leave their kid until they're, you know, four or five, you know, old enough that they finally want a break. And then your stepkids will be 15 and 14 or 16 and 15. That's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. It's weird to think about. It goes. It is weird. You know, like, I feel like they were just little and they're not anymore. Yeah. I routinely have dreams about the girls still being babies and I wake up sad every time. Oh my word. Really? Yeah, I wake up so sad every time. It's crazy because we look back sometimes at pictures from year one and I'm like, I don't even remember that. Like he was even that small. I think you, well, I mean, I can't speak for others. My dad has this crazy memory. Like he can remember the most vivid details when he was little. And my Mm -hmm. brain is always fuzzy, like always. Mm -hmm. But I can remember all the moments with the girls when they were little. Mm. all of them you know and like just like it was yesterday and so i'll have those really vivid dreams you usually after i've taken thursday and that magnesium has <laughs> got my brain fired up or whatever's in it is doing that and have these like really vivid dreams and that's one that comes up often is them still being little and the things we used to do then you know well that's those are nice dreams to have yeah i i try to feel like it's a gift not I mean, it, when you wake, when I wake up from it, it's painful because I still won't mm-hmm. be there, but yeah. I, but I do feel like it is a gift to have like kind of those vivid moments of remembering, you know, like it's right there, you know, as mm-hmm. opposed to just thinking back to what it used to be like, you know, but 
For sure. That's sweet, John. Man, I just brought the whole show down. Sorry. No, <laughs> no. I live this. I live this every day. Every day, Matt takes like pictures and videos of Hunter, and he's like, he's never going to be this age ever again. Like, whatever he is, like, like two and 35 days or whatever. Right. Like, he's like, he's never going to be this small ever again. He's never going to, like, say this word this way ever again. I have to capture every moment. That's, like, what goes through his brain. Uh, I know. I don't. I don't know. I I've said this before, but I'm believing it more and more these days. That my, now that mine are grown, is that every moment's a gift and every memory is different and unique, and they're all equally special. Even the like really dumb ones, you know. Like you think you always think it's the big moments, like it's going to be a birthday or a bar mitzvah or whatever, you know. And it isn't. It's like the sitting on the couch watching Dora the Explorer or yeah. or now that mine are 22 and 20 and we're still quoting vines to each other or <laughs> or movie quotes from Finding Nemo or, you know, or whatever, you know, and, you know, those things you just carry over the years. And it's just I don't know. You can look back on it and, you know, as long as you put everything you had into it at the time, you can look back like I feel like I did. You can look back on it with a lot of joy. So that's nice. Look at me just giving fatherly speeches <laughs> right at the end of the show. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna cut, I'm gonna cut all this and edit. Like the, you no, know, you yeah. have to leave it. It's so good. Justine, do you feel emotionally prepared for just like your heart growing ten sizes? No. No, I don't I, mean, I have no emotional preparedness. I I think about it like this. So like even when you were talking earlier about like not having expectations and stuff like that, my frame of reference really is like growing a business, for instance. Having no expectations is the best way to go in because as soon as you have expectations, like you can, you feel like things are supposed to happen a certain way. And then when you think they're supposed to happen a certain way, you don't enjoy the process of what's actually happening while it's happening. And it's so easy to compare yourself to like all the other businesses, right? Like the business comparison of like the, of the Tia Claire Toomey pregnancy rebound is like the companies that go from like zero to a million dollars in their first few months, right? And so then when you don't have a business that does that, you're like, oh, am I just an idiot? Or like, do I suck at this? Right. <laughs> I think there's like that, there's some like business guru guy that I follow and his whole thing is like, you just need to be willing to do something for a session an unreasonably long amount of time that it would be unreasonable to expect that you wouldn't eventually be successful. And so, like, that's kind of what you were saying about, like, eventually you'll get to where you want to be with, like, your post-pregnancy body or whatever. Yeah. And I feel like even with the emotional side of things, it's like every, like, so many people are like, oh, you're going to feel love like you've never felt before. And like, you, you know, be ready. And I'm like, I don't think there's any way to prepare myself for that. I think I'm just going to have to let it hit me like a train. So it, it, it may not. We had Sam yeah. Banter on the show, and I swear to God, he said when his baby star was born, he was mad at her for what she did to his wife. Hmm. And I'm like, I'm listening to him tell this story, and I'm like looking at Nikki. I'm like, in, in my mind, I'm like, did he just say he was mad at his baby? You know, but he did. Like, he was pissed off. And that's a unique feeling for him. And he loves his, he loves Star, by the way, for everyone who doesn't know. Like, he's a great dad. Uh, but that was his initial feeling. And I thought that was so interesting because I had an opposite reaction when I saw my, like I was sobbing for both of them, you know? Yeah. And so it's just, everyone has a different reaction. So maybe the baby would come out and you'd be like, eh, you know, <laughs> was, or it'll, or it'll yeah. take you a minute to develop a real true deep emotional yeah. connection, which is also fine. One of my friends had that experience. She said she didn't even like, like her baby for the first time. <laughs> she felt like, <laughs> she felt like so such a terrible right. mother because she was just no. like, kind of resentful of this little thing that was taking all of her like time and energy and stuff like that and and she was like nobody prepares you for that moment like yeah. well, yes, that's how you feel yeah my second I baby think... was an asshole totally yeah. megan was that. no megan no. was an asshole if she were in the room i would say that because she's not yeah, yeah she's wonderful you know yeah. but as a my first baby mira was like perfect rarely cried you know was on a schedule from day one like you could like set your watch to her 
man, Megan came out screaming and she didn't stop for like 18 months. Yeah. You know, it was like, I was like, all of a sudden I got it. I was like, oh, okay. Now I know my parents always look so tired and frazzled. Mm -hmm. This kid is nuts, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. just a different feeling. And then, you know, I grew to like her. So yeah, yeah she's okay. Just, we kept, we kept her. So. I just think what I say all the time is like, I was wrong about everything before I had my kid. Like everything that I thought in my pregnancy was really 100% fucking wrong. And everyone who had kids who told me stuff, and I don't mean people who gave like unsolicited advice, but I mean the people who told me things like, you know, you just got to see what you feel like when you get there. And you don't, you don't have to set this rule for yourself now because when you get there, you might feel different. And I'd be like, no, I know what I want to do. And I know how I feel. And I want to do it this way. And like, you know, just stupid bullshit when you're pregnant. You're like, I'm not, we're not going to do screens, right? Like no screens till he's two. Or like, we're not going to keep refined carbs in this house, right? Kids, our kids, our kids not going to eat puffs. Oh my God. Why would our kid eat puffs? And then you get there and you're like, eat some fucking puffs and shut the fuck up and sit down and watch the screen. <laughs> like I need 10 minutes. And it's just, it was just funny that like, until you're going through it, you have no idea what it is truly like. And so it's not fair to yourself to set any kind of expectations. You can make goals. I'm not saying that you can't set goals or that you can't have an idea. Or you can't evaluate the landscape of parenting and childhood and, and be like, I want to do this. Or I don't want to do that. Or I want to try this. Or I don't want to try, but just be flexible because you might feel completely differently when you're on the whole other side of this thing. And that is okay. It doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. It doesn't mean that you're a bad mom. It doesn't mean that you, you know, prepared poorly or whatever. It just means that you can't know until you're there. You just can't. And that's okay. That's totally okay. And if you don't eat puffs, that's okay too. <laughs> I thought I was going to have like a relatively low carb pregnancy because I didn't eat a lot of carbs beforehand. And then I was like, I had read something about how keeping your blood sugar really even is mm -hmm. important for managing morning sickness. So it was like, okay, well, then I'm just yeah. eating like lots of protein, healthy fats, and like a moderate amount of carbohydrates. Maybe keep my carbs a little low so I don't have to worry about my blood sugar. Oh, that's cute. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, you know, week five, I was like, oh, like this isn't that bad. Week six, I was like, all right, so the only things that were going in our mouth today is bread. <laughs> uh-huh i oh girl i would eat full sleeves of english muffins full sleeves and there was nothing in the world and i would try i would like choke down a salad my husband would cut up like a whole tray of veggies at the beginning of the week and he'd be like just walk by the fridge and like nibble on some carrots or whatever and i'd be like veggies actively make me sick yeah for it's me not fair like chicken no Mm -mm. and like look at chicken which is weird because like chicken's kind of a more neutral meat i was way more okay with like fish and beef than i was with chicken chicken can Same. exit the chat i don't want it around yeah uh -huh. you might find that it still is not cool for a while like it's still like very touch and go for me right now it's never what yeah. i want yeah 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 i know some women who like the day after they give birth they're like back on whatever they couldn't do really I and mean, protein is universally hard during pregnancy it just is what it is actually john you should send justine a link to those broths that you because they saved me yes yeah john turned me on to these like wicked yummy bone broths that like they just come in a little gelatin pack and you add hot water i have to add a buttload of salt too but it makes them taste super delicious and there's like 20 grams of protein in each. Not sponsored, by the way. <laughs> Maybe it should be a sponsor segment. But there's 20 grams of protein in each one. And it just like is a just delicious warm broth. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. You know, I've been making broth, like bone broth and that kind of stuff. Nice. It makes the house smell. So mm -hmm. then, yeah, it's a whole thing. <laughs> I can't do that either. Yeah. So, but those are, those are, I highly recommend like finding ways to sneak protein in or finding a protein powder that you really like mm -hmm. one that tastes good maybe even one that doesn't have like the best ingredients in it that you might avoid on an actual daily basis but like if it gets you the protein that you need but it's got a little extra sugar in it then like eh. yeah you know yeah yeah the baby's gonna be swole yes. right I'm not yolked <laughs> yolked we're still on that we're still on yolked I still say yolked. 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 Oh, my Lord. All right.
Well, Justine, thank you for staying up with us. Yeah. Way, way past your 10 hour bedtime, which I'm very jealous of. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. This is a blast, you guys. Uh, before we go, let's make sure everybody knows where to find your products. So tell them, tell them where to find you. Sure. So easiest place to find us is our website, thirdz.com, T-H-I-R-D-Z-Y.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram at thirdzhq. There you go. And, and they should, you guys, and you guys have, every, I feel like every time I see what you guys are doing, you're like continually growing, new people giving away your product and faces I've respected for years out there using it. And I'm like, I love watching businesses grow and it's really cool to see like the people coming on board. So congratulations for everything. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's, we love the community. Like so many athletes that we get the opportunity to work with and people like you guys, it just, it's made it such a great time. Yeah. Fun, fun stuff. Well, Nikki, great to see you again. As always, always, I feel like I'm seeing you almost daily these days. It's nice. It is nice. It is great for you. All right. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening and we will chat with you guys soon.